Broadcasting from Littlehampton, UK, this is the Man Up Podcast. From Sorted Magazine, official sponsor, staggerversary.co.uk. Loading in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hi, this is Steve Legg on the Sorted Magazine Man Up Podcast. It's great to have you with us on this special USA Hollywood edition. Sorted is coming to America. We've been there for a few years in stores, but Barnes & Noble are taking thousands more copies of every edition, so we're very excited about that. So we thought we'd come to America for this edition as we chat to Jim Caviezel, Sam Childers, and the one and only Mr. Stephen Baldwin. So sit back and enjoy. Hi, this is Lieutenant Colombo, and you are listening to the Man Up Podcast. The most fun you can have without a cigar and a trench coat. All right, I think I've bothered you enough for today. I'll let you go on and listen. Oh, oh, and just one more thing. Enjoy the show. First up, we chat to Jim Caviezel, an American actor who portrayed Jesus Christ in the 2004 movie The Passion of the Christ, directed by Mel Gibson. He's up talking about his new movie, Paul, Apostle of Christ, where he plays Dr. Luke. Steve Legg brings you the best podcast every single month. It's so great. He's a great guy. No one knows more about great podcasts than me. The features, the interviews, even the adverts. It's a great show. Fantastic. Enjoy the show. Jim, what inspired you to take on this movie? Did The Passion of the Christ prepare you for the role? Well, um... I didn't think that I was going to be playing Jesus and the Passion of the Christ when it occurred. I just found it a hard time turning down Mel Gibson in a phenomenal script. I mean, it always just came down to the material to me. Um, I think it's harder in this day and age to make those kind of films. I don't. I think gone are the days of, you know, um, Charlton Heston and making a film that. Uh, Christians as a whole are going to find fantastic. I think that a lot of times in my industry, um, for example, in this film, the performances are really strong, but the words are still stronger, and I don't think we need to get in the way of that. Um, it's always been, uh, as far as the um, secular society whether it be in the Roman time or in this time now, and it's contrary. But I love the scripture in the way where it's very provocative. Um, my industry likes provocativeness in a different way. And um, the greatest, whether it be the passion of the Christ or this movie, is the message of love which I think is just stellar, man. And I'm lucky that I get to be the guy that, uh, you know, gets to do it. I just want to make sure it's executed properly. What are you hoping this film will do to inspire people? Forgiveness. It is the greatest controversy of this film because it's forgiveness at all costs. It does not mean weakness. It does not mean passivity. But it means forgiving 
despite of the situation that you could look evil in the face without a, an off glance straight right in the face and and we need that now it it is uh it is uh, very easy to love people who think like you think it is very difficult to treat someone who has polar opposite views with the same dignity and respect that you would treat a friend that's the core message of this movie and that is a reason why i wanted to be a part of it because it it has an edge to it and especially in these times when people are talking about civil war do you have any idea what you're what you're asking me we need to start listening to each other and it starts from one side it starts from it's very, that's why it's very hard to be a christian you have to be the one to do it you're the one that's going to be christ you're going to have to die to yourself to be able to do that and i think that once people start listening to each other but it takes that first person to do that and so i get when i hear cynical christians claiming they're christian and are using cynical language i said be very wary of that it's not from him how important is it for young guys to have role models absolutely uh, i had great uh, coaches and i saw had some really bad ones too and the bad ones were just as helpful because i learned what not to be um i also saw some bad fathers um with with them and i also had um good uh parenting from my father and and uh but my parents were not you know perfect but they continued as we all do to try to to be better my role models uh, like i i love charlton heston um i love you know it's a lot of what i saw early on with uh kevin costner when i was around him and how generous he was to me um i uh you know as far as mel mel gibson uh as a filmmaker and um his work ethic not i take pieces of it but that doesn't mean that i'm working with people that are are perfect across the board or that are not sinful um i myself um occasionally make a sin you know but uh well if you're jesus you know you can't you can't possibly uh you know so <laughs> but i i i i love jimmy stewart and i got to uh you know meet him on many many occasions um and uh and uh, i knew quite a bit about him um and he was a great role model he was a great american he served our country very bravely he flew 26 missions uh in you in the liberator over uh, in in germany and uh it was he was a, a, a it's a wonderful life uh still to this day I'm, i can't uh, watch it without crying every christmas but, but that film has great power in it and i think that one for example the message that without uh you this world would be a different place and uh i think that's how uh god speaks to me and when i talk to young people i say jeez if you thought that from the small town that i came from that i ever thought that i was going to uh 
be known as a man who would play Jesus, I'd say, you got the wrong guy. But, you know, I was asked, I did it, and, um, and, and, and the same thing with Paul, the Apostle of Christ. I just say, if, guys, if we're going to do this movie, we got to make something that's going to last forever. Certainly, my industry and the media won't like this film, but if the film has a great power, they should really hate it. And, you know, this is the Sorted Man Up podcast. Can you give us a bit of a heads up on the follow-up to The Passion of the Christ? Yes. I will tell you um, that, as I said before, um, it will be the biggest film in history. In the latest bumper edition of Sorted magazine, big name exclusive interviews, Hollywood A-listers, TV adventurer Bear Grylls, inspirational true life stories, adrenaline-fueled sports features, all this plus gadgets, entertainment, motoring, movies and technology, plus probably the greatest team of Christian writers ever assembled. Available now from high street retailers nationwide or visit sortedmag.com. Sorted for men. For life. When whiling away the days, months, and years of the Shawshank State Penitentiary, I love nothing more than to listen to the Sordid Man Up podcast. Fear can hold you captive, Man Up can set you free. Machine gun preacher Sam Childers was a teenage drug dealer with a propensity for violence. He rose to become what is known as a shotgunner or an armed guard for high-profile drug dealers. After spending a considerable amount of time in prison for violent drug-related crime, Childers became a Christian, returned home to his wife Lynn, who was a former stripper, to begin anew. Over time, Childers made peace with his inner demons, quit drinking and stopped taking drugs, got a nice construction gig and eventually started his own Christian organisation. Through his work, he made his way to Sudan, where he proceeded to build an orphanage for children left homeless due to that country's brutal civil war. While in Africa, Sam struggled under constant opposition from soldiers who didn't want Sam's work to succeed, where he earned his nickname by sitting outside the orphanage each night with an AK-47 to ward off anyone who wished to do the children harm. At home, Sam had to also struggle to keep his family together and to raise the money necessary to keep his humanitarian operation going. It's an amazing story that's been immortalised in film by Gerard Butler. Donald Trump here. You're listening to the Man Up Podcast with Steve Legg and friends. These guys are all about building bridges between people. What a stupid idea. It's better to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. Sam, thanks for joining us. Take us back to your story. Right, right. Uh, I guess you could almost say I was sort of a bad guy. You know, I was... Uh, I've, uh, I've been a biker all my life. I got involved with drugs at a very young age. Started selling drugs, not a little bit, uh, a lot of drugs. Uh, I was known to be a shotgun, uh, excuse me, a shotgunner, a hired gun for drug deals. But going through all of that, I was living in Orlando, Florida. I got into a bad bar fight one night and almost got killed. That night, people were stabbed, people were shot. But that night I made up my mind, I'm done living this life. And I, I went home that night. I told my wife we're moving. We moved over a thousand miles away. And that was the beginning of a new journey. Now, keep in mind, I always knew God was real. Always knew that Christ was alive, you know. I just thought I didn't need him. 
So it was two years later, after I made up my mind, I'm done. It was actually two years till I walked into a church and I said, God, here I am. You were a tough guy. What was it like walking into church for the first time? You know, I, I can't always say that because I believe God needs tough guys. You know, God needs men that are men and willing to stand up when the odds are against them. You know, so there's a lot of Christians out there today. They're not willing to stand up for what they believe in. You know, I got to ask this. If they are, why do you see so many people on Sunday coming out of the church, going out to eat in restaurants, and they're not even they're not even bold enough to pray over their food, you know? But it seems pretty funny that you'll see these big, burly bikers, one percenters, that they don't care. They'll go into a restaurant and they'll pray over their food, you know. So I believe God needs men and women that are willing to be bold for Christ, you know. Was it an instant change in your life? You know, I can say that it, it was pretty much when I walked into the church and gave my life to the Lord, it was pretty much instantly. you got to keep in mind, a lot of people that has a messed up background, sometimes they'll blame it on their parents. I was born into the best family you could ever had. Both mom and dad born again, uh, spirit-filled, uh, middle class. My dad made good money, hardworking man. So I always knew God was real. When I was seven, eight, nine years old, if you'd have said, Sam, what are you going to be when you grow up? I'd have told you I'm going to be a preacher. But then I started doing drugs at a very young age, you know. So I always knew he was real. I never doubted God. You know, the movie Machine Gun Preacher showed me losing faith in Jesus Christ. Anyone who knows me knows that's not true. I've lost faith in the people, but I have never lost faith in my Lord Jesus Christ. Tell us the moment you felt a real calling to Africa. To be honest with you, it was it was the second night after I walked into a church and gave my life to the Lord this preacher uh, started prophesying over me at the altar. And I started getting angry. I mean, I was getting so angry. I was thinking in my head, this guy's telling me I'm going to Africa. I'm like, I'm not going to Africa. I'm a white man. Why would I go to Africa? Then they started telling me that I was going to be in a war. And I was getting furious. I was getting so furious, I figured I'm going to have to beat the snot out of this preacher. And I went outside the church, can't do it in the church. I went outside the church and I waited on this preacher to come out. I was going to beat him up. And I'll never forget, I started telling him, don't tell me I'm going to Africa. Don't tell me this. Don't tell me that. And, and he just looked at me and he smiled and he said, we'll see. That was June of 1992. In the fall of 1998, I found myself in Sudan, Africa. And now I am a full-time missionary. Uh, I live in Africa. I've been there 22 years. <clears throat> but keep in mind, you know, uh, most missionaries from the U.S. nowadays will go to the mission field. Don't get me wrong. They'll go to the mission field because they don't like to work. They don't, and, and they really don't have nothing going on in their life. I had every reason not to go to the mission field. I had a successful construction company. I owned 17 houses. I owned eight stores. I had everything in life. I had my life all planned out. I had a plan. By the time I hit 50 years old, I was going to retire. I was going to relax. And then all of a sudden, I get called by God to the mission field. He messed my life all up. My dream was not my dream no more. 
But what happened over the years was what was really so awesome. The calling turned into my dream. Now I can't even imagine living any other life. I own a motorcycle shop in the U.S. I build custom motorcycles. People come from all around the world. I got a beautiful office building and and bike shop. People walk in. The first thing they say is, uh, why does he live in Africa? And my workers always say, because you don't see the faces that he sees. I love what I do. I love rescuing children. The work has grown from one orphanage to seven orphan projects, you know, and it keeps growing. We're we're feeding right now over 12,000 meals a day. Uh, built seven schools over the years. We're building an eighth school right now. I can't even imagine living any other life besides what I live now. Healthy friendships are important. Friends who listen, laugh, challenge, and offer sound counsel. Who has time for that? We do. Why not have a stagiversary? Unite both old and new friends over a day, weekend, or even longer. But this time round, you set the agenda. At Stagiversary, we believe in fun and adventure. But most of all, helping you to create space to rest, refuel, and reconnect with the important people in your life. What are you waiting for? Visit stagiversary.co.uk, inquire within, and let us do the rest. Steve Legg here, still with Sam Child as Machine Gun Preacher. Sam, what were the most challenging moments in those early days? You know, I never really focused so much on the the violent part or dying or anything. I mean, I never had a problem with ever dying. To be honest with you, I probably have more of a problem with living some days, you know. Just like Paul said, you know, he uh, he's not worried about living or dying, you know. If he lives, he's going to do more fruitful work for the Lord. That's what I say. If I die, that's even better, you know. (laughs) No more struggling, no more. But there was there. I think the the biggest struggle has always been for me was finances. You know, for the first eight years, it was a big struggle. There was no money, and I mean, I struggled. I sold everything I had. Almost lost my home. I mean, I struggled everywhere that you could imagine. Nowadays, it's it's a little easier bringing money in. I have a lot of businesses, uh, from guest house to uh, restaurants, uh, uh, hotels, uh, uh, a farm. I got a, a big commercial farm, but everything that we make kind of goes into one pot. Me on the road preaching and everything, all the donations, everything comes into one big pot, you know, and. We're able to do the work that we do, but because we're always expanding, you know, uh, a year ago we were feeding a little over 8,000 meals. Now we're over 12,000 meals uh, a day, you know. So when you're always expanding, you're always going to have that struggle to make more money, you know. What are the biggest challenges to your work in South Sudan? You know, unless you're following the news on South Sudan, most people don't knew, realize that it's probably one of the worst countries now facing starvation. You know, the UN says there's nearly 7 million people that are on the verge of starving in South Sudan if a miracle does not happen. You know, so uh, people need to realize South Sudan is a very unstable country right now. My hope is that it will change. But, you know, northern Uganda, I I call Uganda the land of milk and honey. I mean, I love Uganda. It's one of the most nicest, or or, yeah, one of the most nicest countries in Africa, I believe. 
because I've been all over Africa. I love Uganda, but you know, there's still a lot of people, children and young adults, that needs rehabilitated in that country. You know, they haven't had no violence or war in there for uh, over a decade. But anyone that knows war knows it takes over two decades to rehabilitate those people. So there's still a lot of work left in Uganda. What was it like seeing Gerard Butler play you on screen? You know, Gerard Butler is a really, really awesome guy. You know, really awesome guy. Uh, He is a believer. You know, whether he serves, that's for him to answer. But he is a believer. Uh, I was worried if he was going to pull it off because he has that strong Scottish accent. But after seeing the movie and seeing what he did, I don't think anyone could have done it as good as Gerard. The movie opened up a door. You know, the movie is an old movie now. There is a part two getting ready to go into production within the next year or so. Part two, Machine Gun Preacher. But, you know, the movie is six years old now or so, but it's still on Netflix. It's still it's still big on the television, which goes to show you God has his hand upon that movie Uh, for the Christian world. You know, a lot of religious people didn't like that movie. And like I say, I really don't care. God didn't make it for you. You know, God made that movie. and, And I will say God allowed that movie to be made for the secular world. Because uh, Hollywood said the first three months it came out, Hollywood said over a million people changed their life. This tour I'm on right now, I've been on this tour for about four weeks now. It started in Poland, then Ireland, and then uh, then here in the UK. We have already had close to 3,000 dedications to Christ and rededications. And if it wasn't for that movie, I probably wouldn't be here now. And finally, Sam, you work in Africa. What's kept you going? You know, I think the thing that keeps me going, you know, people that go to my bike shop and people that see what I could, how I could live in America, they always ask why, why, why does he, why did he dedicate his life? Why am I, uh, in June I'll be 56 years old. Why am I still in Africa? And it's because of the faces of the children, you know. People don't see the tears. People don't see the pain unless you go there. And I believe, you know, in in our organization, we do about four mission trips a year where we bring in people to work on our projects. Those people that come in, so many, has looked at me and said, now I know why. And it's because of the children. Sonny Man Up Podcast. These guys are great. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. However, not as good as America will be when I am done with it. And finally, in our American blockbuster edition, we chat to actor Stephen Baldwin, who plays missionary Graham Staines in a new movie. Hey, this is Sylvester Stallone, and I play it tough. You're listening to the Sword of Man Up podcast. This is what we do. Stephen, why did you take on this role? Well, uh, in the Staines feature film, uh, which again, with actors like... Shari Rigby and Sharman Joshi, my, my other cast members. You know, it's just such a incredibly compelling, dramatic story that's based in real life. It, it's, it's the true story of uh, the missionary Graham Staines, who was uh, murdered in 1999 in India. Uh, and it's really just the story of his life uh, and his ministry. Uh, and uh, 
it's it just for me was a blessing more so to be a part of a an international project that was had a vision of being so dramatic and scenic and the film when you see it is visually incredibly beautiful so uh communicates a very powerful witness and story of forgiveness and we're real excited about it now graham staines was a quietly spoken aussie guy was it hard playing him well you know mate it wasn't so easy but uh we figured it out uh see not so bad there off the cuff hey eh, brother uh no the australian accent i'm sure uh both my daughters have many Australian friends, and I know lots of fabulous people from Australia that are involved in ministry. Uh, so I'm sure they're going to give me a real hard time when the Stains movie comes out about my accent. But I, I did the best I could. Uh, and the, that's another kind of interesting character reality with my role in the film, which was, thank goodness that Graham Stains, the character who the movie's all about, is named after him. He was such a gentle, soft-spoken guy. It actually made it much easier, less difficult, actually, for me to, to, to do the accent. So, uh, it, but it was fun. How does Hollywood react to you taking on faith movies? What do your brothers think of it? No, it's just a blessing to be here and, and uh, about my family and so on and so forth. <clears throat> I just recently did another project uh, in a partnership with a wonderful pastor named Colin Smith from an organization called Unlocking the Bible. It's a radio show. He wrote this great book about the thief on the cross. We turned it into a stage play and then a movie, and it's a wonderful book. It's called Heaven, How I Got Here, The Story of the Thief on the Cross. And again, uh, as a performer, as an actor, to, to be able to do a staged play that became a movie that is the story of the thief on the cross, you can Google like Stephen Baldwin, thief on the cross movie. It'll, it'll show you what this is. But with everybody in the Hollywood community and, and even my own family and other actors that are friends of mine great acting speaks for itself uh and, and passion speaks for itself so that would be one of the projects that even my own family would look upon and say uh did a pretty okay job with that one steve graham stains was an inspiration to so many tell us about your role models well my dad was you know quietly one of my greatest influences uh and then you know different Athletic coaches and things like that uh, were always very inspirational to me. Um, and then, of course, finally, the, the ultimate dad, Jesus, is uh, the one that inspires me the most. No question. Steve, you've been on lots of reality shows. What sort of feedback have you received? A, a big ingredient that I believe is important in incorporating one's even walk of faith or your business or life and family is humor. Uh, I always tell my kids, if you're not having a good time, well, what's the point? That's something my dad taught me. But now I kind of subscribe to believing that same idea in the walk of faith. I mean, if it's supposed to be a happy, joyous, free experience, if it's not, well, what, what's going on there? You know what I mean? So uh, I, I like to try to uh, empower and inspire and encourage people relevant to being joyful and having fun and, uh, and enjoying this walk as much as you can. And finally, we love Tally at Sorted. Celebrity Big Brother, what was it like for you? Well, Celebrity Big Brother in the UK was, uh, that was uh, quite a difficult task. I was in the Hell House that season, remember? Uh, and, and very interestingly enough is uh, this other docuseries that I just produced called The Great American Pilgrimage which is available at rt.com. It's the 
Russian news network RT, where, where Larry King now has a show from CNN in the old days. Uh, well, available at RT.com now is Great American Pilgrimage, which actually on RT's platform and network, it's one of the top ten shows in the UK right now. Great American Pilgrimage. So I, I hope that all those people that like to have fun and watch Celebrity Big Brother will check out Great American Pilgrimage. Well, that's about it for now. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Until next time, this is Steve Legg and friends on the Sorted Man Up podcast. Do encourage your mates to subscribe, download and share on Facebook and Twitter. And please do leave some feedback. Help us get the word out. See ya. That was the Man Up podcast. They'll be back. You've been listening to the Man Up Podcast from Sorted Magazine. Recorded, edited, and delivered by flagshiprecording.com.